Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? Do you feel unprepared to use your English when an opportunity appears in real life? Are you nervous that when you do get a chance to speak, you'll just freeze? If this sounds like a situation that you could go through, stick around. We will tell you exactly what you need to do to keep your communication skills sharp so they are ready to be used anytime. Boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and extraordinary way to learn English. So download it and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, riding your bike, riding a unicycle, or even browsing your favorite books at a bookshop. I'm joined here in the global studio by the one, the only Axel Pose, aka Chiago. How's it going, Chiago? Hey, Ethan. I'm good, man. Hey, everybody. How's it going? So, Thiago, let me ask you a question. How can you keep your English sharp? Yeah, that is a very nice word, isn't it, Ethan? Uh, sharp. Yeah, sharp, we could say like fit, right? How can you keep your English fit, right? Ready to be <laughs> used, as we said in the beginning. Uh, well, I'm going to speak and say that phrase that we love to use all the time, right? If you don't use it, you lose it. So, uh, if you want to keep your English sharp, you got to be using it every day, all the time. Most definitely. I've unfortunately had this experience with some languages. Like I was quite fluent in German. I spent six months there in high school, but I, you know, when I came back, I didn't keep using it. I didn't uh, go back to live there. I didn't keep studying or anything. So I had that experience. You know, I've lost most of my German. I can still speak a little bit if I, when I've traveled to Germany again, but I certainly cannot hold a fluent confident conversation anymore. So absolutely important that you use it every day if possible. Is there any other, you know, strategies? If you don't use it, you lose it as we say all the time. But what is some problems that you often see learners run into when, you know, trying to keep up their English lifestyle? Yeah, I think a, a common challenge is uh, what do I do? Yeah, with my English, how can I uh, practice every day in a uh, effective manner, right? And uh, especially if you are already intermediate or upper intermediate, right? You have already probably studied with, you know, some courses or some books, had some private classes, maybe, maybe you have already uh You've already been listening to podcasts like ours here or watching movies and series, and then you might be wondering, okay, what else do I have to do or should I do to see progress and to keep, you know, uh, uh, my English really, uh, you know, sharp, yeah, as we said. So we're going to give you guys today some, uh, a strategy that is very simple but very powerful, and that strategy has to do with making your English, your learning, right? Fun, natural, convenient, isn't it, Ethan? Absolutely Right. We really say all the time that the best way to get fluent, confident English is to make it a fun, natural, and convenient part of your everyday life. So today we're going to look at some strategies that you can use to make it fun, natural, convenient. Maybe some of these are things that you're already doing, but we hope that you'll also learn some new things that will help you to, you know, actually stick around with it, keeping your English sharp. Uh, and this is just so important because we were even before we hit record, we were talking about how so many learners out there are suffering from analysis paralysis. 
we call this. Have you heard this term before, Tiago? Analysis paralysis? Yeah, I actually uh, remember a TED Talk. Yeah, uh, the TED Talk mm. is called The Paradox of Choice by, I think, a psychologist named uh, Barry Schwartz. Very nice talk, yeah? And he talks about that, uh, how having uh, too much choice paralyzes us, yeah? That is one negative effect of having all these options, yeah, nowadays. We'll have to link that TED Talk in the in the description in the show notes. Uh, but most certainly, it's the same that when you go to the grocery store, maybe, and, you know, you see, it certainly happens in the States, like you'll see 20 different brands of breakfast cereals. And you're like, what the, you know, wh what do I want and stuff? And sometimes you just end up not buying any because there's too many. And it's the same nowadays with, we're wanting to take a course, but we're like, which one's the best one? Am I going to spend my money well? Am I going to be spending my time well and everything? Is this teacher really competent? And so it can sometimes just feel really frustrating to hear, you know, you're on YouTube and there's all these different teachers that you could learn from. And it's like, you know, who actually knows the right way to learn? And the simple truth of it is there is no right way. There's no magic pill to learn, right? So, but making it fun, natural, convenient of your everyday life, it's something that you're going to actually enjoy it. And it's something that you can keep up. And that's like the most important part of it is that you're not going to try this and then try that and then try another thing and give up. It's mm -hmm. something that's actually sustainable. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Sustainable and I would say customizable, yeah? Because you're not mm. looking for this, 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 and that solution, right? You're looking for, you're looking inside first, right? What do I like to do? What am I into? And then you are customizing, yeah? You're learning around your life, yeah? And your hobbies and your preferences, yeah? Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah, when I was uh, coaching, actually, with personal students, that was something really important for me with each student was getting to know them, getting to know what they really enjoyed so that together we could build that English lifestyle for them that would be surrounding their interests. So this is something that we'll look at today. And by the end, you'll be able to also create your own English lifestyle, making it fun, natural convenience. If you're like most learners, then you probably get frustrated when you learn a new word. And then when it's time to speak, you've completely forgotten it. Now, I found that after I learn a new word, one of the best solutions to this is to use it as soon as possible. But what happens if you simply don't have somebody else to speak English with? Well, that's exactly why we created the Real Life app, which is the only place where anytime, anywhere you have an internet connection, you can simply press a button and instantly be connected to another English speaker in another part of the world to have a conversation and practice speaking together. So you will improve your listening skills, learn advanced words, and build confident, natural English. Also, you will have conversations every day with people from all around the world, discover other cultures, talk about your passions, and even be able to practice everything that you're learning with this lesson. So if you want to go from being a lost and insecure English learner to becoming a confident and natural English speaker, download the Real Life app for free right now by clicking the link on the description of this episode. Or you can search for Real Life English in the Apple app or Google Play Store. So first of all, we'll talk about making it fun. And for a lot of people nowadays, this is obvious. For other people, not so much. I think a lot of us, you know, we've had the experience of studying in school. It wasn't fun. It was a lot of memorization. You ended up forgetting a lot about it when, uh, about what you learned after your classes ended and stuff. So if this is something that you're not already doing, it can be something that, that can just flip a switch, right? It can be like an aha moment of why have I not been doing this before? So it's really obvious we have the our other channel that's Learn English with TV series, which we help you to learn English with TV series, movies, music, uh, and 
other sorts of media because this stuff is, it's addictive and stuff that you already learned, but it's also really taps into the culture of the language and really helps you to understand fast speaking natives, which, you know, if, if you do that, then you'll be able to understand anyone. Um, but if you're already doing that, there's many other ways you can get creative about making it fun, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, just a comment about movies and series. Uh, I think it's one of my favorite ways to learn languages or to improve my English in this case. I used that a lot. It was super powerful for me. Yeah, watching my favorite movies and la then later the DVDs, yeah, the series and everything. It was really cool. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, there is more you can do. Yeah. And one thing you can do, and for example, nowadays, yeah, I still watch stuff in English, of course, right? But uh, I nowadays I try to take courses that are not specifically about English, But it's about something else, but they are in English. For example, I love music, right? I love rock and roll. I love playing guitar and singing. And recently I have started an online course that I, I have been wanting to take for a while, yeah? Uh, that is fully in English. So the lectures, the videos are fully in English. I'm not really learning English, you know, uh, let's say... Um, It's not really my primary motivator or reason to take this course. I want to improve my singing voice, right? I want to improve my voice, but I'm doing that in English, right? So that is another thing you guys can do. Yeah, If you are already intermediate or pre-intermediate, take courses, not about English, but that are in English, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I live here in Barcelona, so like any class I take locally... Like uh, now I'm doing personal training with a, with a trainer and everything, and we speak Catalan together. So I get to learn a lot of, I mean, I, I think I already have a pretty advanced level in the language, but there's still like parts of the body that for me, uh, I either don't know or they wouldn't come out so naturally for me. So it's, I'm learning all sorts of things like that by doing something that, you know, I want to do anyway. And just the consequence of it is I'm also getting better at the language. But that I find is really funny that you mentioned a singing course because uh, a couple of years ago I had it as my, I believe it was, it was right when the pandemic started. Mm. I started taking singing classes uh, with a guy here that was, he was actually Argentinian. So the classes were in Spanish and I learned like, you know, a lot of the, the singing vocabulary in Spanish. So it's, it's kind of like fun in a way that you're, you're learning some new skill. So, mm -hmm. you know, the new year's coming on and stuff. So I'm sure a lot of you listening, watching, have things that you want to accomplish in the new year. And why not take those classes, the courses, whatever it is in English, mm -hmm. you know, so you're killing two birds with one stone. There you go. That's it. You know, I feel like we use that idiom a lot, yeah, in our podcasts and videos, <laughs> like killing two birds with one stone, yeah? Because it's true, right. yeah? You are really doing that, yeah? It's funny. It's all of us are so busy nowadays. That's why it's yeah. so important to make it convenient, that is which true. we're going to talk about. That is true. Um Something else that for me that's a really important habit because, I mean, I live here. I have the excuse that I live here and stuff. And so it's really easy to, in some way, just have a passive learning lifestyle and everything because you're constantly coming in contact with the language. Although I know a lot of people who live here and they, they haven't really made those good habits of learning language anyways. But that aside... I find that reading for me is really nice. Like I read every morning. I usually actually read in English in the morning. Like I'll read something about um, that's more about self-development and things like that. And once in a while I'll do it in like Spanish or, or another language. But usually the first, I like to read books in their first language and the, the, the language mm. they were originally written. And same like watching movies and series. Yeah. Nothing like the original, yeah? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Although it can be a good, a good way to, to learn still, like if you're deliberate about that. But... 
at night, oftentimes I'll read like fiction that's in Catalan or in Spanish so that I can practice that. I can get new vocabulary and all that things. And, and it's kills two birds with one stone using that expression again, because I like to do that before bed. It helps me to wind down, to, you know, fall asleep and everything after a busy day. So it's really nice habit to kind of keep, keep up my vocabulary learning skills and keep up my, uh, reading has such like a magical way to, of helping you to kind of absorb good grammar yeah, in some sense. That's so true. Yeah. You know, I like what you said about, uh, reading nonfiction books in the morning, right? Something that you really want to learn. Maybe it's a marketing book or it's a psychology book or a persuasion book. Right. But then at night, yeah, at bad time you read fiction. Yeah. Which is something I would say lighter. Yeah. It's more about the entertainment aspect of it. I think reading is one of the best ways to really pick up the language because when you're reading a piece of fiction, authors tend to use more figurative language. They, you know, they'll play around more with like the expressions and like really the the language in its highest use. So I think once you get to like more of a upper intermediate advanced level and you're, you start to get to that, that intermediate plateau, right? Where it's a lot, it gets more and more difficult for you to actually find words and expressions that you don't already know. So reading can be a really great way to do that, even passively, because like oftentimes you'll understand just through the, the context if your English is good enough. For sure. That's true. Mm-hmm. So we've talked a lot about, uh, you know, making it fun. So maybe we can move into natural, what exactly it means to make it natural. So I tend to think of this as it's something that you no longer have to think about. It's not like I have to sit down and study English, you know, so that I can prove my English. It's like, it's become a habit for you and everything. So it's, it's just something that you do. Like you, you take your singing course and it just happens to be in English or, you know, you are reading a book about uh, self-development, about marketing, about whatever, and it just happens to be in English. So it's just something that you you do. You know, it's not something that you have to plan for. It's not something you have to sit down and deliberately study, although that can also be important. But, you know, you're you're just, you become, for me, it's almost like, too, you become a speaker of the language instead of a learner of the language. Yeah, yeah. It's like you graduate. Huh? Maybe you start as a learner, but then you graduate to speaker, user. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Although you can do this, I think, even from a very early stage, right? You can already start finding music that you enjoy in the language. Uh, you were mentioning that if you learned Italian, you would probably watch The Godfather would be like one of your, your first stops, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I will watch. If I want to learn Italian, I'm going to start by watching The Godfather trilogy in Italian. Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, it's a movie I love. It's a classic. And, you know, you see, again, making it fun, right? And natural, because I would naturally watch that movie anyway. I've seen it countless times. So yeah, there you go. I even have the poster right here, yeah? And we talked about customizing it. Talk about customizing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have to learn, for example, yeah, here, the, the poster that I have behind me uh, has his um, famous quote, uh, Don Corleone's famous quote, right? I'm going to make him an offer he can refuse. So oh, that's great. how would I say that in Italian, yeah? By watching the movie <laughs> in Italian, I think I'm going to learn that. <laughs> There you go. You start using that a lot in your, in, as you're like living your time, making your Italian friends. Yeah. And then I'm going to start speaking like this some more, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> Italia, Italian. It's amazing. <laughs> but it's fun, isn't it? It is fun. Yeah. Those kind of things, they're kind of silly, but it's like people, I'm sure there's a lot of Italians that are also fans of The Godfather. So it's like, if you were learning Italian, it'd be a great way to connect with people, even if you like still were kind of beginning level and like having things that you can laugh about and play with, with the language. It just makes it that much easier to connect with other people who have similar interests, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, It's amazing. So we, we discussed like one way to make it natural could be taking a class in your target language. Um, and again, like we, we talked a lot about the customization. So I always used to have my students sit down and actually like 
brainstorm what are the things that you really enjoy or what you know what are the things that if you have a free afternoon what are you going to do i remember i had a student who was a really big fan of formula one mm-hmm. and so you know we i was like okay well let's let's look up what can you start doing so you you know uh, I found some podcasts for him that were, you know, people commenting on Formula One or interviews with Formula One racers and, uh, you know, fo- start following some like Twitter accounts of people who are like tweeting about the updates about this and stuff in English so that he could start, you know, building his his lifestyle around something that he's passionate about, mm-hmm. but like doing that in English. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it also ties in with that famous phrase we always use all the time. Yeah? Um, it's not about learning per se, but living it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess most learners, they just, you know, they think about, oh, I have to learn English. But how about living, right? I mean, you love Formula One, you know, consume content about Formula One in English. This is living the language, right? And even if you're, I don't know, if you're a big fan of like the Godfather trilogy, I, there must be a podcast out there of like huge Godfather fans who oh, are, I'm you sure. know, breaking down yeah. every single movie, every scene and everything. And if that's your, if that's your jam, you know, you can, you can eat your heart out. By the way, Ethan, you used a couple of nice pieces of vocabulary there. First of all, if that's your jam, what does that mean? Something is your jam. Yeah, that's a, I think that's a slang term, actually. Like if something's your jam, it's like your, it's your thing. It's something that you really love. Right. We could also say like, you know, you something you really dig is another way to say you, you really like it. Or I use that one a lot. Like say, so oh, I, I dig it. How do you spell that, by the way? Jam is like jam that you put on a, on a sandwich, right? Like marmalade, uh, J-A-M. Right, right. And you also said eating your heart out. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yum, yum. You, you can think of this literally like eat your... <laughs> yeah, like you're eating your, your heart out of your chest. But that's something like... Uh, we're coming back to Italian maybe. Like, I don't know. I've part, a big part of my family is Italian. So Italian family, they'd say a lot like eat your heart out. Like eat everything. Eat a lot, you know. Uh, but we'll say this also like figuratively about other things, you know. is like, you know, do it to your heart's content. Do it until mm. you can't do it anymore. Right, right. Cool. You know, I love these expressions. I don't know if it, I don't know if it's like eating until your heart actually gives out because if your heart gives out, it's like you have a heart attack, your heart right. stops working. Right. So, I don't know, mm-hmm. that'd be kind of interesting to know the where that expression came from. Yeah, yeah. Might be interesting to look up the origin. Yeah. I remember one scene of Two and a Half Men uh where uh, the character says this, but in the context, she was like, you know, the context was like this, right? I mean, uh, she was this, you know, a very beautiful lady, yeah? And the other guy, he he was kind of attracted to her, yeah? But she uh, she was kind of, um, it was kind of a comeback because, you know, they had studied together in high school and back then she wasn't so attractive and he made fun of her, yeah? So now that she's all attractive and everything, she's going like, oh, I know you want this, right? But you can eat her heart out, you know? Mm, she uses it like that, yeah? but I imagine the meaning here is different, right? That would be a very different, a very different meaning. Yeah, yeah. but I've, I don't know if I've heard it used in that way before. But that's like the amazing thing too about series. Kind of coming back to that, is that I don't know how long ago you you first watched that episode, but I mean it still has stuck with you, right? Years and years, and this is insane. I tell my students this sometimes, you know, like. It's crazy. I, I remember back when I was uh, teaching in school, yeah, uh, in schools, uh, sometimes in the classroom, my student would, would ask me a question about a vocabulary thing, right? Something about vocabulary. Actually, I would learn from a movie that I saw years ago. I mean, uh, that word. I remember one time, I mean, uh, one student of mine asked me, Chago, how can I say soldador? Yeah, there's a, this profession in Portuguese, in Brazil, soldador, yeah? 
And then actually I remembered the movie Flashdance because you know, the girl from Flashdance, she is a welder in the movie. And mm. Oh yeah, welder. There you go. So the door, welder. But you see, it wasn't because I studied the word. It was, you know, the move. So my brain is like, you know, there's a lot of compartments eh, of movies and series and, oh, that expression. Let me go back. Okay. I saw that in that movie. Okay. That's what it means. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's very similar for me with, with music. Music is always like something that I use a lot when I'm learning a language. And even with the language, like we talked about, if you don't use it, you lose it. And there's been, you know, I've, I've learned a lot of languages and there's some of them that I've stuck with. There's other ones that unfortunately I've like gathered dust. And, but even in those ones, I still like no expressions and still know uh, a lot of random pieces of information because of songs that I've listened to a million times, you know, in those languages. So they'll, they'll always stick with me until, you know, I'm on my deathbed. Oh, oh you said a couple of nice things there. Yeah. I think, uh, gather dust. I've gathered dust. Is that what you said? Yeah. If something gathers dust, it's, it's not in use. You can think about it. I, I'm sure everyone listening to this probably has something in their house, right? That's gathering dust mm-hmm. that's not being used right now. That would be my guitar. I'm like very optimistic that I'm going to come <laughs> back to playing guitar eventually, but right now it's just gathering dust. You will, you will, you can do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> so I think the last thing that we haven't touched on here yet, that's super important when it comes to making it natural. And I think it also ties in making it fun is making English speaking friends. Like for me in learning languages, this has always been you know, the cornerstone of learning the language, of the motivation to keep on learning language is, is having friends, having that group of people that, you know, you are using that language to communicate with. And that's probably like very largely, for example, why I've not used my German, why I lost my German because I didn't use it because I kind of um, lost contact with a lot of my my German friends that I made when I was living there. So, you know, if I don't have those people who I'm trying to actively use it with, then it makes sense that it's going to go away. But for me, like my Catalan won't go away because I, I use it every single day here. I live here, you know, same with Spanish. So, uh, and obviously you can do this, uh, even in your case, you've, you've never even left Brazil, I believe. So, mm-hmm. you know, even living in your home country is no excuse not to make friends who, who also speaking that language, like having your English speaking tribe, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's possible to find that. And nowadays with the internet, yeah even easier, yeah, with online communities and groups and amazing apps like the Real Life app, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I could not say it better myself. So <laughs> we we built it for exactly this reason because so many learners, you know, all around the world, every student that I've had says that, you know, plenty of opportunities to listen to English, to watch series, to watch their favorite movies, to listen to podcasts, plenty of opportunities to read in English, maybe even write in English, but there's like virtually no opportunities for them to speak English. And that's exactly seeing just thousands and millions of learners <laughs> even having this issue. We decided to do something about it and we built the Real Life English app. And it's the only place where anytime, anywhere, you can press a button and instantly be connected to another English speaker in another part of the world. And the great part of this is that, you know, you're not only speaking English, you're not only having your English lifestyle, making English speaking friends, but you know, you'll connect to people from all over the world. So you're also discovering other cultures and broadening your worldview. Awesome. Yeah. Amazing. And speaking of that, we have an awesome shout out, don't we, Ethan? We do from Antonio, one of our app users. So I'll let you do the honors, Thiago. Great. 
Great. So let's see here. Antonio says, it has really been an amazing experience having this app for my English learning journey. I've been using it every day since I came across it. And I have to say that it's such a practical, instructive, and motivating way to learn. I'm honestly impressed by your talent, guys. Keep up your excellent work. Regards from Venezuela. Wow. It's amazing. So like we said, the best way to get motivation is by actually using your English every single day, making friends who also speak the language, who you want to improve your English skills so that you can also communicate better with them. So go give it a try. It's free to download and you can start speaking probably within five minutes. And if you want us to shout you out, just like we have Antonio today, then all you have to do is, you know, Try the app out. If you enjoy it, leave us a five-star review in your favorite app store, and that way we can find you and also give you a shout-out. Or if you are not on the app yet, you can also head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, and leave us a five-star review there so we can find you. So that said, we are going to jump into the last section of today's episode, talking about how to make it convenient for you to learn. We talked about how to make it fun, how to make it natural. The last part of it is convenient. And then we're going to kind of give you some examples, you know, of how you could do this with the four different groups of the language, which are reading, writing, uh, speaking, and listening, and just some tips that are going to help you to do this with each one of those areas. Convenience. What exactly does convenience mean, Thiago? I think about it as something that doesn't take much effort on your part to do, right? Because it's already embedded or included in your day-to-day routine, right? So it is convenient. It is easy. It is practical. Yeah, you don't have to go out of your way to do that thing. Yeah. Exactly. What does it mean to go out of your way? To maybe, you know, deviate from your natural course of action throughout the day or do something completely different from what you normally do in order to do something else. Yeah, This is usually inconvenient, right? Uh, Because, you know, nobody likes that, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, no one likes having to give an extra effort, right? And I think this is even one of the most important. A lot of us are very busy. You know, you're working, maybe you have kids, you have other responsibilities in your life. So this is kind of like a hack. You know, it's a, a way that you can shortcut, not having to go out of your way to do some some big leverage, which could also be helpful if you have the time for it. But if you don't, then you can, as we've been talking about throughout the podcast, kill many birds with one stone. Yeah. And I think... Uh- this is really important if you're already a little bit older, yeah? Because, you know, back in the day when I was learning English, I was a teenager, you know? I was 15, 16, so I had all the time in the world back then, yeah, to really, you know, do a lot of crazy things with my English, yeah? But nowadays, if I want to learn a third language, let's say going back to Italian, um, I'm going to have to make it very convenient for myself because I already have so many things to do on my day, right? I don't have as much time as I did in the past, yeah? I actually wanted to bring up something you were telling me the other day because uh, you were... You you were telling me like you were doing some spring cleaning, like having to clean your entire house during like six hours or something. And you said, oh, I just, you know, listened to a book over this weekend because I had to do some spring cleaning. And so it's like you, you were kind of like blending the making it, you know, fun, natural, convenient. You're taking something that's kind of miserable, having to clean up the house, and you're turning it into you're doing something convenient because you have to do that anyway, whacking in some headphones. You're making it uh natural, you know, because it's something that that you enjoy, you don't have to think a lot about, and you're making it fun because it's you know, instead of just being cleaning and not having anything else to do, you can actually be learning something, right? Obviously, we, we kind of like mentioned before we were talking about the app that, you know, nowadays with, since the the 
pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic and stuff. So much of work has been moving online. There's all these new opportunities, like, you know, take Thiago, for example, you know, he's, he's working, he's in Brazil, I'm in Barcelona and we're, we're working together every single day. So you can also look for work opportunities in English, right? Absolutely. I mean, for me, that was a big deal. Yeah. Um, working in English, right. Having jobs and work opportunities that allow me to use English every day. And it's crazy to think about that because, you know, actually I have been doing this for a long time since I was 19. I'm 36 now. Yeah. So it's like 17 years. I've been working all this time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as a byproduct of that, you improve your English because you are in a situation yeah, where English is used daily. Maybe a lot of people could be listening and like saying, giving the excuse, maybe you are young and you don't have the experience yet. So you, maybe you can't get a great job. Uh, working remotely for a company or something like Chiago has. But like even even you had mentioned like you used to work in a pharmacy and you would just, you know, take advantage. As soon as you like you heard someone was a foreigner, you would leap at that opportunity to go start talking to that person to help them out and everything. So it's like really acting in your circle of influence to, you know, uh, improve your English at every single opportunity that presented itself. That's it. Uh, would you mind defining very quickly here, Ethan, what the circle of influence is, acting on your circle of influence? Right. This is a concept from the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he discusses is that there's your circle of influence and your circle of concern. And everything that's in your circle of concern are the things that, you know, you're worried about, but you can't really do anything about. And in your circle of influence are the things that you can actually do something about them. For example, complaining that, uh, why was I born in Brazil and not in the United States or the UK or some, some country where, you know, English would be my mother tongue. You can actually, you know, look for opportunities to make learning English fun, natural, convenient, to build your own English learning lifestyle, to live like someone who's bilingual, you know, spend your Saturday cleaning, listening to a podcast, like six hours in English, you know, and even if you can't work in English yet, then, you know, maybe set that as a goal and, and like figure out what do I need, what skills do I need, or what do I need to learn in order to be able to do that eventually, if that's something that you're really passionate about. So uh, another thing with all this is that we've been talking about a lot is like, you know, doing it every single day. And a lot of that is learning different skills, uh, habit building skills, learning, you know, what it takes to actually build a habit that sticks. Because for a lot of people, they'll get excited, they'll get motivated. Maybe, you know, there's a new year coming up and you'll set all these goals and you're like playing guitar, singing in German, watching The Godfather and everything. But then, you know, by the week two of the new year, you know, you've kind of like burnt out, you're, you're, you're not able to keep up the momentum, something happens. So uh, I highly recommend that you check out a recent lesson that... Uh, actually, Chiago and I worked on together. That's all about how to build, you know, lasting habits. And that said, as we promised, we are going to give you some quick tips to wrap up today's episode. I'll let you do the honors with the first one, Chiago. Yeah. So, you know, uh, we broke it down here into the four main skills of the language. Yeah? So reading, writing, listening, and speaking, right? So how can you keep your English sharp? you know, in those skills. First of all, reading. We've, we've already mentioned this today in, uh, in today's episode. Read more often in English. Read books, read articles, you know, read blogs, yeah? About books, um, if you've never read a book in English in your life, start easy, you know? Maybe you can have as a goal to read only two books in English per year. That's one book every six months. Six months is more than enough time for you to finish reading a book, even if it's in a second language, yeah? 
Um, and if you want to push yourself a little bit more, go for four books a year. I think four books a year is a very reasonable number. You know, that's one book every three months. So I would say reading books in English is amazing. Yeah. Obviously, it depends on your current habits. Like if you're already someone who avidly reads a book a week, then maybe four books for you, it's like, it's nothing. You can, yeah. you can increase it. But if you're someone who doesn't, you're not a really big reader, then start with two. Like Thiago said, that's two books that you'll have finished. Let's say like in 2023, if your goal is to read two books, that's two books that you won't have read, or that's two books more maybe than you read last year. So I think uh, starting small and everything, and you can really be proud of those wins. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, I'd say something here, we've been talking about making it fun, natural convenience, right? And, and the whole, it's really important to personalize. So I would say like a, a mistake I made even in my, my language learning is like, uh, I remember like watching a video or listening to, to a podcast of a, you know, a polyglot saying like, oh, you should read the news in the language you're, you're learning. And so like I started reading the news in the language I was learning at the time mm -hmm. and it didn't stick. I, I don't read the news in English, so it's like not something I enjoy. So I'd say, you know, make sure it's something you enjoy. It's something that you really want to read. Or if you're someone, if you abhor reading, if you really dislike reading, then maybe take one of the other tips or, or read, you know, you don't necessarily have to read books. You could read magazines, you can read tweets, <laughs> you can read, uh, you know, uh, reviews about uh, like the sports section or whatever. Yeah. So personalize it to what you enjoy. So what's, what's next? We talked about reading, input and output, and there's, so we have the output version of reading is writing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, sometimes learners send us questions, right? Like, oh, how can I improve my writing? Yeah, how can I write better in English? And you know what? I mean, uh, even though, yes, it is important for you to speak well and listen well, I think you have to learn how to write well, too. You know, I mean, if you have to send an email, you got to know that opportunity is spelled with two Ps, for example. You know, like... <laughs> um, but that's something even, even native English speakers have trouble with because spelling in English is, it's a nightmare, right? It's, yeah, it can be... It's a non-phonetic language, so you have to... But like, luckily, there's so many tools nowadays there's no reason to spell something wrong because you can use spell check. So yeah, so reading will definitely help you <laughs> with your writing. Yeah, the more you read, the better you write. But one thing that I used to do a lot back in the day was actually copying uh, already written texts. You know, uh, because you know, I'm not. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of writing fiction. As if you are more creative, if you you can create your own stories. That's fine. But in my case, I actually copied. You know, I would open, let's say. Uh, the chapter of a book in English, I would grab my notebook, you know, place it to the side and just copy what I was reading, imagining that I was the writer. So, you know, I can open a, great, a Game of Thrones book, chapter one, and then I can think to myself, okay, now I am George R. R. Martin. I'm going to write chapter one of Game of Thrones, yeah? And you are just copying it. But this, the mechanics yeah, of reading and copying on paper what you are you know, reading there, this is very powerful, yeah? For you to memorize how the words are spelled, how the punctuation of English works, where the commas usually go, you know? So that is a tip that I can give you guys. It's very easy to do. You can pick any text online, any blog article, and just copy it. There's an exercise I used to do with my students that wanted to improve their writing that was kind of similar to this. It was like, uh, you find a text in English, uh, translate it to your native language, then, you know, put away the English text and then try to translate it back to English, you know, kind of from, from memory. I'm not a big fan of translation because it, it, it stops you from, in some sense, from, you know, really learning to think in, in English or think in the language that you're wanting to learn. But 
I think this is still a good exercise because it, it kind of like forces you to work on your memory and everything. And then like, you mm -hmm. know, you go back, you check the original text with your English text and everything. You can see, like Tiago said, like, oh, you know, there was a comma here that I missed or I spelled opportunity with one P. Like I've, I forgot that. But then, you know, it'll probably stick with you much more. Like opportunity has two Ps. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So, okay. So we've talked about reading and writing and then some of the skills that people tend to find the most difficult, right, is listening and speaking. So do you have any quick tips there? Yeah, yeah. A quick tip about listening, aside from listening to English all the time, right? I think music is very powerful, you know, music, because, you know, there's the repetition aspect, right? Uh, I would say memorize the lyrics to your favorite songs. This is super powerful. You already like this song, so it's already fun for you, yeah, to listen to it. So it's convenient, right? Just now, the next step is learn the words, yeah? And then memorize the words, yeah? because that's going to help you also with your pronunciation, right? Um, you don't have to be a good singer. That's not the point. You know, you are learning the <laughs> language. You can sing terribly. I don't care. But, you know, uh, uh, developing the habit of memorizing your favorite songs, the words, and singing them, yeah? from memory, yeah? That is definitely gonna help you with your listening, for sure. There's so many collocations, expressions, different things in, in songs and stuff, so it's a really great medium. Like I said, I, I always depend on music when I'm learning languages, and like singing in the shower or different things like this, singing when you're alone in your car, you mm -hmm. know, if you're not a great singer, then there's like not much pressure there and everything, and it does, it works your muscles of articulation and everything, because when you sing, you kind of have to exaggerate everything which is really good because when you get to, you know, you're working out those muscles, when you get to speaking, you should be better at making some of those sounds. Absolutely, yeah. So the last tip you have here has to do with speaking, has to do with imitation or mimicry. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, a great way to improve your speaking is by imitating what you hear, yeah? So uh, imitate your heroes, I say, yeah? Uh, watch interviews with your favorite actors, your favorite, you know, musicians, for example, or authors, and imitate them. You know, maybe they say a phrase a certain way, Imitate it, you know, uh, try to match uh, the, the sound, the tone, yeah? Um, I think imitation is really, really powerful. Uh, learners usually say, oh, I understand everything, you know? I usually, I, I can understand everything, but when it's time to speak, I freeze or I block. Mm. Probably because you are not practicing this output of actually using your face, your mouth, your tongue, you know? to articulate the words. Yeah? Maybe you listen to it, yes, you understand. You read it, you understand. But are you practicing this output of physically producing the words or the sounds? Uh, connecting with that, I would say reading things out loud could be also a, a great way to practice this. Maybe you, you, you read a text, yeah, and you understand the whole text. But now, read it out loud, yeah? And then you will see, maybe uh, when you read it silent, silently, your reading is very fluent, right? But, but then when it's time to read it out loud, you go like, oh my God, my reading out loud is not so fluent. I have to work on this. Yeah? Yeah. I, I used to do, so like another exercise I used to do with my coaching students was I'd have them choose an English speaking mother or father. Because like when, you, when you're learning a language, when you're learning your mother tongue, most for the most part, you're learning it because you're listening to and watching all the time your mother, your father, maybe some other close family members. And it's just you know, you're like a couple of years, just like observing them before you're not, you're, you're actually speaking so much yourself. So I'd have them like do this and like really just focus on speaking like that one person who you really like their way of speaking, mm -hmm. like watch interviews with them, imitate them, you know, listen to, to podcasts. I had one student who was a big fan of Oprah, for example. So she listened to Oprah's podcast. She watched clips of her show and like everything and would really try to speak like her. And it's, it's, you know, and her speaking got to be more, 
more like uh, Oprah's and everything. So doing something like this, it gives it a certain level of focus uh, because you're really paying attention to how does that person pronounce things. Because a lot of times, especially nowadays, you know, maybe you could be watching a show in British English and then American English and then, you know, um, in different, all sorts of like different accents and stuff and different people, different ways of pronouncing things. So, you know, you can kind of like have this, we talked about analysis paralysis. You can kind of have this overload of different speaking and stuff and it can be hard to know what's correct because none of it's actually correct. Like there's different ways of speaking that are all correct. So having the way that you want to speak, find someone who you really like the way of speaking and like just focus on speaking like that person. Yeah. This is a great point, you know, because, um, it's really about customizing it again, right? Uh, because yes, we have so many English accents out there. Yeah, let's let's only focus on American English first, right? Okay, I want to learn American English. Great. Yeah, but even within the U.S., you have regional accents there. Okay, you want to speak American English from where? Yeah, or I want to speak more British English. You know, oh, from where? You know, exactly. <laughs> so. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully some of these tips have been useful for you and you can put them to use right away. And if you're watching this on YouTube, we of course are new to doing these on video. So if you enjoy it or if you have suggestions, be sure to let us know down in the comments below. And, you know, thanks so much for watching. We hope to see you next time. So one, two, three. Oh, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah. Yeah.